Hi, this is Jake, and you're listening to the Flight Training Podcast. Hey guys, it is crazy that we are now at the end of the year, and I wanted to do this kind of final podcast for you. Um, It's going to have a little bit of a different challenge and kind of different vibe. I don't know how long it's going to take either, so sit back. Um, I guess you guys already know how long it is. You can see that when you open the podcast, but... um, Here's what I want to do with today's podcast. I want to look back over the year. I've got this little uh, sheet that I used to outline the year. I want to look back over that and just kind of give you tips on how do you take these disciplines, these spiritual disciplines forward into the rest of your life. Because the reality is uh, you guys are not going to have me pushing you every single week like, hey, did you do your discipline? Um, And so you have to decide now what disciplines do you want to keep going And I do want you, you know, right here today, as you're listening to me, you might think like, oh yeah, I want to do that and that and that and that. Maybe not. Maybe you're just ready to be done. But uh, if you're like that, if you're like, oh, I'm going to do all these things, I'll give you kind of a word of caution. Sometimes we try to hold so much in our hands that we just wind up dropping a bunch of stuff. And I would encourage you like be thinking as you listen to this podcast which, what of these things do I really want to do? And which ones am I going to start doing right now? And maybe there's some down the road that you want to start later. And even, you know, you could pause the podcast while we're going and even take notes. Like, this is the stuff I want to do right now. And maybe even take a note of this is something I want to do three months from now or six months from now. And put that somewhere where you're going to see it three months from now or six months from now. So, um, Okay, so let me grab my sheet of paper here and we'll go through these 12 disciplines. Okay, so if we go all the way back to January, we were talking about Joshua 1.8 and meditation. Um, And I'm going to try to do these verses from memory. They may be scratchy, so we will see how that goes. But Joshua 1.8 is, do not let this book of the law depart from mouth, but meditate on it day and night. Uh, you may be careful to do all that is written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Um, so with meditation, there's lots of, di- again, you could do meditation a lot of different ways, but what I would encourage you with meditation to do is to take a piece of scripture that's, whether it's short or or, or long, but not, I mean, not super long because this would be hard to do, but take a piece of scripture and really put yourself into that story try to imagine it with all five of your senses try to spend you know spend 20 minutes on three paragraphs of a story about jesus and his disciples you know i mean to try to really like live it and see it from inside like see it like you're there um there's lots of different ways to meditate i mean we talked about meditating on nature and, and palms up and palms down all these different things um But that's the one that I would push you on carrying forward. Uh, The next month, February, was simplicity. And we talked about Luke 12, 15. Uh, Jesus said, or Jesus answered, and I think it's Jesus said, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And all of chapter 12, if you ever want a refresher on like, hey, don't get obsessed with material things, Luke 12 is big on... Uh, it's heavy hitting against riches and against uh, uh, focusing on wealth or greed. So, okay, with simplicity, you know, what can you do? Well, one of the things I remember Foster bringing up with simplicity is there's this attitude uh, with simplicity that 
everything is a gift from God and that it's available to other people. And so if you can view the, the physical things in your life as a gift from God and make them available to other people, be generous, then you've got it. But the reality is we all know that's hard to pull off. Um, and he has lots of great tips on like giving things away and not rushing into things, you know, be giving yourself a waiting period to buy before you buy. We did that little challenge about praying for stuff before you just run out and buy it. Um, shutting distractions and stuff like that. But here would be my thing with simplicity that I would encourage you on um, is if you wanted to do this well and you wanted to do it regularly, I would challenge you um, maybe maybe each week. You'd have to put yourself a little reminder somewhere in your house or something, but something along the lines of I am thankful for and then write something out. I'm thankful for my car. I'm thankful for um, the heat in my house, you know, whatever it might be. But then find a way to make that thing available to somebody else. So give someone a ride or invite someone over to your house or whatever it might be. Find a way to share the thing you're thankful for. And that, I think, is going to, if you can find people that have needs and you're sharing it with them and you're thanking God that you have it, you're on your way to simplicity. Hopefully, it's going to push you to be generous and give things away. Hopefully, it's going to push you to not chase after getting more and more and more. Um, Okay, so March, moving on, is solitude and silence. And we talked about Luke 5, 16. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is one of your, typically it's it's a favorite verse of people just because it's short, um, but it, it packs a lot there. If Jesus had to often go out and pray, we should do that same thing. And really the best thing I can put on for this one, something that I've done in the past is, and, and a lot of these things I'm going to talk to you about, things I've done at certain points in my life, I haven't done them necessarily all right now. Um, but one of the things I've done with this is just to challenge myself to every day go for a walk and to try to have a conversation with Jesus about the day. What's going on? What's going through my heart? What am I worried about or stressed about? What am I concerned about? What do I need his help on? And also trying to listen about, like, what what do you think of what I've been doing? What do you think of me? Uh, and just try to be listening. You know, what do you think about this other person and what should I be saying to them and stuff? So um, the daily time, if you could give yourself a challenge for that, um, that's a fairly intense thing to, to put in a daily practice, but a daily walk with God can really be beneficial. Um, another way you could do solitude or silence is mark your calendar once a month. Um, have some sort of like, I'm going to spend four hours alone with Jesus every, the first day of the month or the first, you know, Saturday of the month or however you want to do it. Um, but some sort of rhythm like that, uh, put on your calendar and know like I'm going alone with Jesus that day. Um, sorry to just keep throwing out more analogies or more possibilities, but another thing you can do is every three months do a longer thing like a camping trip or something like that and you you mark it on your calendar okay i'm gonna go spend 24 hours alone just me and jesus uh, and and do that every three months i've not done it in a rhythm like every three months but i have done it as a way to like bookend really powerful experiences like when i got done living in mexico um, i went camping just by myself just and it was only about 24 hours that i was gone you know went one evening and got back the next evening um 
but I just tried to spend the time with Jesus. Like I had this huge experience, just like you've had in flight training, and I wanted to just soak it up with God. I'm like God, what do you want me to hold on to? What do you? What is important from this big thing that that just happened? Uh, and that was a, a really great bookend for me. So that could even be for you with flight right now. Like maybe you decide. I mean, I know it's Jane. You know, January is right around the corner, so it's not the best time to camp. You could go do solitude somewhere else. You go get a hotel room or however you wanted to pull it off. But get away from all your distractions and give God some time to say, like, what do you want me to hold on to from this past experience? Okay, moving on. Uh, we talked about submission, and that was Mark ten forty five. And uh, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. When I say submission, you might be like, I don't even remember us talking about submission. Well, service and submission kind of could use it either way. But submission is, you know, the, the freedom that comes with this discipline is the freedom to not get your own way. And when it comes to submission, like how do you put this one into practice? Um, if you can find a way to challenge yourself to not get things your own way, to say that, like, I'm going to make a rule for myself that, for instance, I'm, I'm not going to um, pick restaurants when I go out with people. I'm going to just enjoy whatever they pick or just submit to it at least. Um, that would be one way to submit. The most powerful one on submission, and then this kind of fits with silence as well, but is submitting uh, your reputation to God. You're going to let God protect your reputation, and you try to put an end to all the self-justification that we normally do. That's something I've I've tried to do, and man, it is rough. If you, if you have a radar for it, you'll see that you justify yourself a lot, or I do at least, and I think it's typical human behavior to say, oh, well, this is the reason I did this. This is the reason I did that. Um, okay, so you can find lots of ways to submit. Another thing to do that's maybe more practical to like carry out long term is find a way to volunteer in a very humble way and make it a regular scheduled thing. Like I'm going to go and, and do custodial work at this place every, every, you know, for two hours uh, every Thursday night or something uh, and finding a way to just say like, I'm not the most important person here. I'm just the servant of the people here. Uh, or you could even do a little thing like every, you know, every Sunday at the end of church, I'm going to walk the pews and pick up trash. And it's just a reminder or, um, when I'm, you know, walking and I see an aluminum can, I'm going to always pick it up and recycle it. Um, and this is just a, a reminder to you of like, I'm not, I'm not so important that I don't have time to clean up someone else's mess. Like I, I do, you know, like I, I'm, I, if, if Jesus can serve me, like I can serve somebody else. Um, okay. So moving on, we talked about study and this was Psalms 25, five, all of Psalms 25 is a great prayer, uh, to lead into study. But 25, five says, uh, guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my savior. And my hope is in you all day long. And, uh, so with study, here's the big one with study that I would push. We talked about a lot of different ways to study. I don't know uh, how many of you, if any of you did this particular one, but take a book of the Bible, a short book like Ephesians or James, First uh, John, take a book that's five chapters, six chapters, maybe even less, and uh, read it every day for a month, start to finish. I did this with the book of Ephesians. Uh, I think I've done it some other times, but the book of Ephesians, it just it changed my view of myself, my view of church, my view of my calling. I mean, it really planted some stuff in me, and 
is a lot of where you know current vision for what Shemay would be like and stuff. That's why there's an Ephesians passage on that. Those two vision statements is they're all rooted back to the study idea and studying the book of Ephesians by reading it every day for a month. And just a little refresher, we already talked about this, but typically when you read a book every day, uh, there'll be an, an, an introduction period where you're getting a lot out of it. The first few days, maybe even the first week or two, you're getting new stuff each time you read. And you're like, oh man, this is going deeper. This is good. There will be a dry period. <laughs> there will be a time where you're reading it and you're like, oh my gosh, I am bored out of my mind. I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm having a hard time even paying attention as I read. And that may last for a week or two or more, but it will have an ending point if you stick with it. And when you come out on the other side, it's like going through a tunnel or something. When you come out on the other side, you will get to a place that you've never been before. You will have insights that you would have never gained any other way, I don't think. At least not that I know of any other way to get there. Like you have to go through that dry period to get to a deeper level of, of reading and understanding that scripture passage. And God will teach you things. So study is really powerful. And even if you would just say like one month out of the year, you know, every January, maybe January is your month of like, I can't go outside and do my solitude that I want. So during January, I'm going to read a short book of the Bible every day that month uh, to really dive deep into it when I can't go do outside stuff. Um, so that's what study. Also, we talked about fasting. So that's John four thirty four. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Um, and with fasting is, you know, there's lots of different ways to fast. We didn't talk so much about all these different ways to fast, but you can fast from electronics. You can fast from um, all, you know, anything you do, you could set aside doing it for a little while as a way to remember God or to be conscious of God. But specifically, normal fasting involves not eating anything and just drinking water. And if medically, if you're up for doing it, it can be really powerful. And one of the ways I've, at certain points in my life that I've kept a practice of this going is to fast one day a month to go for like a 36 hour, like a basically you wake up in the morning and you don't eat again until you wake up the next morning. And so you haven't eaten since, you know, there's a 36 hour time counting your sleep where you've not eaten. Um, and something like that, it, it creates a rhythm a little bit in your month and it kind of gives some clarity of like, oh yeah, I'm checking back in with God. I mean, not that not you're spending some time with them every day, but the fast is a big thing. I mean, you'll, you don't ignore a fast, you know, it, it matters. And uh, it, it can be a good reset every month to say like, oh yeah, God's in charge of my life. And sometimes there are things that aren't comfortable and I'm doing this because I want God more than I want food. And that's it's actually good to check your heart on that every month. Um, and I say that, and yet there's been times in my life where I've done it, um, and a lot of times where I've not. A lot of times I don't fast. But the question to ask yourself in whatever stage of life you're in, is this beneficial for me? And is this going to help me grow in Jesus or not? And is this going to be good for me? So ask yourself that question. Think about, do you really want to have fasting? And you could go way more intense than once a month. But I've found once a month was a good rhythm for me. Uh, you could experiment, obviously, and find something different. Um, we also talked about Sabbath. I believe that was in July. And Hebrews 4.10 was that verse. And it said, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. 
for anyone who enters God's rest must rest from his own work, just as God did from his. <clears throat> and so with Sabbath, you know, I, w- I would encourage you just very simply to figure out how can you have a significant period of rest every week. This is not a time away from your family necessarily, but it's a time away from production, away from uh, I'm getting my worth out of production. I've got a to-do list. I'm getting stuff done, I'm advancing myself. I'm getting more for me or my family. So it's it's not a time about making money. It's not a time about um, you know doing amazing big stuff at your house or something you know, like painting a room or something. I don't know. You have to figure out for yourself what is actually restful. But the goal, and Hebrews 4 is a great guide to it, the goal is to enter God's rest, to realize that God can take care of me, and God is good, and God has given me, God's given me way more than I could ever accomplish with work. And I need to stop working for a second just to realize and enjoy what God has already given me. So... It's, this one's really difficult for me because I get busy and, and things like that, but I've tried over and over to take um, a day a week and not work, uh, and it's something I continue to try and continue to work out the kinks on, and it's it's difficult, to be honest, for me. Um, but I, I make that attempt, and I would encourage you, whether it's an entire day or whether it's two hours every day or however you work it into your schedule, to say like, hmm, a big chunk of every week, I'm going to enjoy God's presence. I'm going to rest with him. Okay, so next one is prayer. We talked about that in August. And Philippians 4, 6 was our verse. Um, I've memorized them 4, 6, and 7 together, so you're going to get both verses right now. But it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Um, here's the thing with prayer. Like you could always go further in prayer. We are all beginners when it comes to prayer. And so prayer needs to be a part of every day. But I would challenge you, find a way to keep prayer fresh, uh, to try different things with prayer. Not that you necessarily stop what you used to do, but how, how do you do that? Well, again, if you're putting little reminders in your phone or something, uh, I think every few months or however often you would want. But if I was going to do this specifically, I would think, well, maybe every few months, put a reminder in my phone to ask somebody I respect. Tell me about how you pray. Tell me what lessons you know about prayer, what truth you know about prayer. And then apply something. After you talk to them, there'll be some sort of insight. Apply it and try it. And if you're doing that every few months, you're going to keep growing in prayer. So, because there's lots of different ways to pray, um, but that's one where most other Christians are engaged in prayer. And there's a lot of mature Christians out there who can teach you a lot about prayer and just experiment with what they do. And it may not work for you, but if you have that conversation every so often of, hey, what can you teach me? And then you try something that some insight that God gives you as you're listening to them could be really helpful. So uh, September was guidance, and we talked about Proverbs or we memorized Proverbs three, five, and six. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So with guidance, uh, the important thing with guidance is just to stop 
and actually ask God, like, what do you want me doing? And most people don't do this. Most people run through their life and they don't pause and they'll do stuff for decades without checking in with God, do you want me doing this? Now, obviously, you know, if you're married, there's not a real question of God, do you want me to stay married or not? I mean, God bounded you together with that person. He wants you to work on making it work. So you don't always have to ask guidance about every detail of your life. But it wouldn't hurt to check in with God from time to time and say, like, God, am I going the right way? Do you have anything you want to say about what I should be doing, about my job or about how I spend my time or about my friends? Um, or about my hobbies, even. You know, maybe there's something he wants you to explore or do that you've pushed under the rug and you haven't given time to. Maybe he wants you to really be working on getting better at the drums or whatever is going on, you know. Uh, so checking in with him about, like, God, what's important? And this can be something that happens during those prayer walks. But again, it wouldn't be bad to do that, you know, cycle of some sort of every few months. I'm going to take some time out and ask God, like, God, what do you want me to do? What guidance do you have? What have you, what, what have you been teaching me lately? And, and what does that show about what I should be doing here in the next stage of my life? Some of these could fit together. You know, your solitude and time and your guidance time could go together. And you're going and camping once every so often, or you're going and spending an afternoon alone with God. So those, those things can fit together. Um, but think about, it. do you want guidance to be a part of your life? And if so, what's the rhythm? Is it once a week? Is it every day? Is it once every three months? Um, or some combination maybe therein. Okay, so October was confession and First John 1, 9. So uh, First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Here's what I would push with confession is get, if you want to do this one regularly, get somebody in your life and be confession partners with them. Go to them, whether it's, again, you have to set it up. Is it once a week? Is it once a month? Is it once every three months? Um, But find somebody you can go to and dump out everything to you and, and somebody that knows how to say Jesus has forgiven you. You've confessed it, and Jesus has forgiven you. Uh, and let's pray together. Um, so pick that person, and then pick how often do I want to do it, and then talk with them. And again, you have to make a plan for that if you want to do it. Uh, November uh, was worship. And John four twenty four, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, with worship, and you're going to have an opportunity as a Christian, typically every single week you got an opportunity to do some sort of corporate worship. It's something that is very important and that we've given a lot of value to, I mean, in a good way, like that we do that well, that we actually focus on it each week. Um, but for you with worship, my push to you would be once a week, go to some group that you're going to be worshiping with and pray to prepare your heart before that worship time. Whether that's in your car right before you walk into church, or whether it's when you you know you get to church ten minutes early and you pray in the pew, or maybe you're meeting some you know maybe it's you and five other people that pray in a basement and then you do some worship, and you know it doesn't have to be some big Sunday morning thing, but if you wanted to have worship be more vibrant in your life, I think that's a really simple tool to just show up early and pray like God be in this place, God 
I mean, God's everywhere, but God, help us to be aware of your presence and help us to be open to what you want. Help us to see you and respond to you. Um, Okay, last discipline this month was December, and it's Luke 15, 32. I'm still working on this one. It's new to me. I think it is, um, but we must celebrate for... Uh, for the son of mine was dead and is now alive again, he, or he was lost and he is found. Oh man, I'm I'm weak on that one. Um, so here's the thing with celebration: uh, you'll wind up celebrating some anyways, but the discipline of celebration to say we're going to enjoy the good things God's given us. Uh, it would be good to put some traditions in your life. So this could be as simple as saying, like at Thanksgiving, we're not just going to eat ourselves silly. We're also going to have a time where each of us shares with each other like what you know what's something that's happened that God's made us thankful for I mean they can get kind of cheesy and boring find a way to make it not cheesy and boring though maybe it's instead of everyone around the table has to do it at once maybe you have a personal challenge of I'm going to ask 10 people one-on-one and give them space to answer like hey what really makes you thank Jesus you know and uh, or another thing that was celebration is it'd be really good to put in some push yourself of maybe even put aside. I mean, this is getting kind of intense. I'm not actually done this specific step, but what if you had a jar or savings account if you're you know wanting to do it electronically or whatever? But if you had a jar where you put some money every month into like a celebration jar, and then you're it's just this physical reminder if it's there in your bedroom and it's got more and more money piling into it and maybe it's just 10 bucks at a time or something but then when something comes up it's already kind of in your mind what are we going to celebrate what are we going to celebrate and then when maybe it's not a giant thing maybe it's your kid uh finally got a great math score and you take everybody out uh, for pizza and you make a big deal about this math test i mean that would be great like that would be a good use of money or maybe it's that uh somebody gets baptized that you know and so you take that jar full of money and you take them out to lunch and you say like, I'm so excited for you to take that step with Jesus and by having that jar in your house that like celebration jar and you know you're always just you're putting little bits of money into it each month then you're ready and not only are you ready on a financial sense but you're ready mentally you're looking for ways to celebrate and Again, it's money well spent. You got to remember, like, God's the one ultimately who's given you all the wealth that you have. He's given you the ability to work, He's given you the opportunities that you have. And so I do think God values celebration. And I don't think He'll be critical of you if you work some of that into your life in a way of saying, let's celebrate and thank God together as a family, thank God together as friends, and and have fun. Like, let's get together and laugh. Uh, I think as you look, read through the entire Bible, you see, like, God's a God who celebrates. So let's be a people who celebrates. Um, okay, ran through 12 disciplines. I've talked uh, your ear off for like a half hour. The big thing for you is to decide what do you want to do. So my challenge is not that you run out and do all 12 of these every day for the rest of your life. My challenge is that you actually decide what do you want to do. It's your choice. Decide what do you want to do right away. Maybe put reminders in your phone or, or put that celebration jar next to your bed or whatever. And then think about what do I want to do long term? Like what do I want to start doing every few months? And put a reminder in your phone or put up, 
you know, tape something to your, your bathroom mirror or whatever, however you are going to use a system to remind yourself, but put that thing on the wall of like, I'm going to go camping uh, May 14th to spend time alone with God or whatever, but put that reminder down because otherwise it won't happen. If you let, if you go to sleep tonight without making a decision, I bet you won't do much of anything. <laughs> so like decide now what you want to do. Uh, it's been a great year. Uh, it's an honor to be able to teach you guys these things and uh, God bless you. <laughs>